Due to healthcare systemic and intractable challenges and needs, digital transformation is now widely recognized as the conduit to meet those challenges we face and the patients we serve. Fortunately, some inspiring leaders and organizations are answering the call. Our next guest is helping lead the pack. Kevin Riley, Chief Customer Officer and Senior Vice President for Healthcare and Life Sciences at Salesforce, joins us to discuss his company's efforts of powering the business of health by helping the healthcare and life sciences industries reshape how they operate and collaborate for better outcomes. Additionally, Kevin shares his journey of becoming a senior leader at Salesforce, including creating the widely respected Model H strategic framework to build better healthcare businesses. Lastly, Kevin discusses the key findings from his company's recently published Connected Health Consumer Report. Join us for this timely, informative, and inspiring conversation to learn how Kevin and the Salesforce team are supporting a global movement of healthcare trailblazers to inspire and drive change. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Kevin, a big, big welcome to our podcast, and thank you for joining up today. Thank you, Mike, for having me here. It's a pleasure to come and join you and represent Salesforce on this call today. Well, given your expertise as an entrepreneur, executive, and business model innovator who created the Model A strategic framework to build better healthcare businesses, as well as your passion for leading products for healthcare and life sciences at Salesforce, I'm really looking forward to this conversation today. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Kevin, it's almost time for our community to learn how you and the Salesforce team are empowering companies of every size and industry to digitally transform and create a 360 degree view of their customers. But first, what is that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? I would say have a plan to make a plan and remain open-minded. Let me caveat that. Let me tell you what that actually means. People a lot smarter than I have have been working on this for a really long time. And as passionate as I am, I am just one of the many who are passionate about making a better world in regards to health. The idea that you can bring in those fundamentals that we learn for successful startups and apply them to health is actually real and true. You don't have the answers your customers do. If you go in with too many predetermined ways that you think you're going to solve the problem, you often can miss the true art of elevation and getting past the problem statement as it is today and peeling back that onion. So I like to think about things through a framework. We talked a little bit about Model H. We'll talk a little bit more about that. It's one way for me to think about the problem, identify the problem, have a plan to then make a plan, but be open-minded about it. There's a lot of people who can help think through these problem statements, and you should be open to reinterpretation at any point in time. No one has a lock on the next best future of health. And so I think collectively, if we work together, if we stay open-minded, if we think about things in small incremental improvements, 
innovation will come and it'll come fast. And that's historically been the pathway that Salesforce has followed. Three releases a year for 23 years has built a pretty amazing product set, but it's that steady, solve the problem today, focus on the future, solve the problem, focus on the future, be open to your customers, be open to others contributing to that. That really, to me, is the best advice I can give. I absolutely love it, Kevin. You're setting us up for a heck of a conversation today. We have a lot to unpack in this episode. But Kevin, you're spot on. You know, we're going to discuss your journey in just a moment and all the pit stops you've had along the way to position yourself to be the chief customer officer at Salesforce. You know, that's a mindset, right? You hear a lot of companies say, oh, you know, make sure you talk to the end user, make sure you talk to the customer, make sure you get out there in the field and not just build in the vacuum. Is that truly part of the ethos and the mantra and the culture that you're helping lead at Salesforce? Because I know you've been there and done that with a lot of your own startups in the past, but are you, do you see that at Salesforce as well? Because you guys are a national leading, industry leading, world-class organization. Is this something that you and the executive team preach day in and day out? Because it's important. 100%. I can't say how much I am guilty of being the cobbler's children. You know, I'm a product guy. I built a lot of products and everybody who builds a product thinks their baby is beautiful and often our babies are ugly. If software were just fundamentally easy and great, you wouldn't have adoption rates across the board. You wouldn't have failed implementations the way we do right now. So I think there's a humility that I've gained over the course of doing this for close to 30 years that I probably am going to get it wrong. But if I hate, take that approach of making a plan to make a plan and be open-minded, I can iterate and I can improve upon that. And those small increments do better. But Mike, straight up, you have to get out of your building. The answers aren't in the building. The answers are out with the customers. And whether it's working through your customer's customers or some intermediary, maybe you're working through the provider to try to help the end patient, or you're working through a distribution broker to help the end member. The idea is it's a large ecosystem. It is a multi-sided market. You have to get out of your office to go find the answers real time and do spend time with the customers. It's amazing what these experts are willing to share and give you and tell you, boy, if I had this, it would really change the way I work and the way I think. And it can be so illuminating and so opening. And from a longtime product builder, that is really the best way to iterate. I absolutely love it. It's a great reminder for all of us. You know, we have a lot of startup founders and even executives at large companies tuning in on the weekly. This is something that we have to continue to remind ourselves and practice over and over again. Get out of the building. I love that. Get out of the building and get you know, with your customers. I'll tell you, COVID is a great example of this. I didn't even know what contact tracing was three years ago. I'd never heard the term. Then I was responsible for Health Cloud, the product here at Salesforce, where we were the underpinning for Vaccine Cloud, an offering that Salesforce put out that actually helped administer 200 million doses. Prior to that, we were not in that business. And so, yes, that is an extreme example, but I think in the extreme examples, you can actually get some lessons learned. We went to solve the problem because it's Salesforce's mission to do good. We knew that we could help by the fundamentals of CRM. You've got a customer, you've got a relationship with them, you need to manage it. You know, kind of funnily said, but if you think about it, that structure is what software is all about. There's a persona who's got a job to be done and you want to help them get that job to be done even more easily. So the idea that we went out to market with contact tracing and that then it evolved into vaccine management and now it's involved into a longitudinal citizen care framework that major government entities are actually using all in three, three and a half years, that shows you it's better to have a plan to make a plan to be open-minded and iterate and see where the market needs you to go, be out there with the customer, finding out exactly how they're using what you're giving them and where they want you to take it. And miracles can actually happen. So I'm really proud of Salesforce. We stepped into the breach. We were not a vaccine management software solution. 
we stepped into the breach, we did something great for the world, and it resulted in the whole world actually learning that Salesforce is in the business of health. So it worked out great. And I'm proud of the work the team did to put that out. So many great product managers and engineers and marketers and just people out there helping the world understand that we had a good solution to help with COVID. It's a perfect example of the leadership that you guys are driving within the industry. And we're going to talk about all of that and more in regards to what you were leading with the team at Salesforce. And you mentioned getting out of that office, getting out of your own echo chamber. We're also going to discuss some key findings from your Connected Health Consumer Report. Again, getting out there, getting with your customers, gaining that insight and knowledge of what's happening out in the marketplace. We're going to unpack all of that and more after we get back from thanking our Community Champion sponsor. Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, everyone at Catalyst works side-by-side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation, Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus or host an upcoming event, visit CatalystHealthTech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Kevin Riley, Chief Customer Officer and Senior Vice President for Healthcare and Life Sciences at Salesforce. Kevin, you gave us a ton of good information, some tidbits of how you're thinking as a senior leader at Salesforce, what you've been doing along the way to have that mindset of getting out of the office, getting out of the building, getting in front of your customers. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about your customers, the things you and the team are building within the healthcare industry. But first, we're also going to discuss your storied career as an entrepreneur the executive and industry leading organizations you've been a part of. And of course, what you built recently in regards to the widely used and celebrated Model H business model canvas for healthcare. And we also, of course, need to discuss that incredible report you and the team put out recently. But first, Kevin, let's take it back, rewind the clock for us. One just doesn't show up to the office and become the chief customer officer and senior vice president for healthcare and life sciences <laughs> for an industry and global leading organization like a Salesforce. Take us through a little bit of that journey. You know, I know it's not always a straight line to get there. Give us a little bit of that backdrop. And then again, we're going to dive into all the good trouble you and the team are causing at Salesforce. Take us back a bit, though. Give us a little bit of that journey. I'm going to take you back to ninth grade English class. I love it. And my teacher, she spent one entire class drawing this wiggly line of her journey to get where she was today. And she showed the peaks and she showed the troughs. And at the time, I thought, okay, well, that's just, you know, kind of a human interest story. Interesting that she's doing that. But the lesson she was trying to teach us is, as long as the graph is moving up, the little ups and downs along the way don't really matter. And if you trace back and you take that approach, you can actually see the decisions you made to get you where you were today, line with who you are as an individual. So I, first, I want to thank my ninth grade English teacher. I loved her. She was fantastic. Second, I'm a big believer in strengths finders. And I remember when I was 29 years old, somebody gave me the book and I thought, okay, I'm not super into self-help books, but let's check it out. And I loved it because it actually identified me to a T and its basic premises. You are born with certain 
talents and you should focus on making those talents the best in the world. Anything that you're not naturally talented at, you at best can be mediocre. And so, you know, I'm not going to be the starting power forward for the Boston Celtics, even though I do love my Celtics. I just can't do it. I don't have the height. I don't have the skill sets to do it. But I can do this job I'm doing really well now. And that's because I focus on those areas that are my strengths. So plug to strengths finders. I recommend everyone goes and does that themselves and it'll really tell you about you. So what's my journey? What natural talents that I have? What decisions that I make and how do they get where I'm at today? Well, Mike and I were talking before the podcast and we both played football in college and that was a blast. And uh, we're both paying for it now because we are men of a certain age and we're regretting some of the nicks and bruises we got back then. But having that scholarship allowed me to go and study chemistry. And I simply chose chemistry because I thought it was an interesting subject. I didn't really have any plans to be a chemist. But through studying chemistry for four years, I really learned about understanding how small things fit together. You know, every molecule is made up of even submolecules, and every molecule comes together and how these molecules join and form within an experiment and how certain catalysts get used up in experiments. And this is a fundamental for software building, for product building. Understanding the micro and then how it builds up to be the macro is really, really solid foundation. But I didn't want to be a chemist. I do recall sitting my senior year, the spring of my senior year, one of the classes was we would sit and listen to lectures from visiting folks from industry. And this chemist came in and I thought, wow, I really don't want to do that for a job. That doesn't sound like it's very interesting to me. So while I love the study of small things, I didn't want to do it for a living. So I did what everyone does when they're not really sure what they want to do. I went and got an MBA at Rice University. Now, that was pretty cool. I was definitely the youngest person there. I'm not scared to speak up. And I think sometimes the stuff I said was really useful. And most of the time, it probably wasn't. I didn't have quite the life experience. But sometimes just having novel ideas isn't in itself useful. I studied entrepreneurship at Rice University, where it really had gave me an appreciation of how business applies to all things. Now, fast forward to where we are today, and as Salesforce says, we power the business of health. I mean, whether you like it or not, health is a business. Whether it's public or private, these are large entities running large constructs to keep the populations that they serve, whether commercially or through public sector entities, hopefully moving forward in the right direction for their health. But the business of health is real. So here I am. Now I'm graduated. I'm an MBA with a chemistry degree. I appreciate how business can be applied, and I understand how small things fit together. Instantly in my first job, which of course was at a chemical company, I was attracted to how to use technology to automate things. I was fascinated. I had three computers on my desk. These were old computers, and I was programming in Pascal, so I'm kind of dating myself, but there you go. I was glad for Stranger Things, by the way. It makes me feel like I'm young again with Stranger Things. I love it. So here I am applying technology to automate some of the processes. That is when I knew I actually wanted to be in the business of technology and using technology to apply to some other problem space. Okay, so I'm still not healthcare yet. I understand how small things fit together to build the big. I understand how business is applied to all things. And when you apply it, you can actually have better results. And I wanted to be people process technology. I wanted to be technology. So I was living overseas and I called my friend. I said, I'm coming back. Will you act as a reference for me. And he said, well, I'd rather have you come interview for my company. We're building this crazy concept. We're going to put a nurse practitioner in a small retail setting inside a retail store in a grocery store. So that was me. Me and some other guys started that business way back when. And I probably built about 400 of those retail care clinics. That was my first introduction to health. And the way I thought, my skill sets, my history, my technology, applying it towards health, I found my focus. 
And so having skill sets and a situational fluency for me was the most positive thing I could have ever done. I'm really happy in the application of technology in the problem space called health. So that got me in a really good place. And I've done a lot of different interesting startups that range all around retail care and virtual care and doing things really early on. Now, because I was often sort of in the company of entrepreneurs and trying to understand how these little models can fit together and make something bigger and facilitate in this system or this business of health, I needed a programmatic way to think about each and every one of those business models. I, like everyone else, read Alex Osterwalder's seminal work, Business Model Canvassing. I'm a big fan of Eric Ries, Steve Blank, and I took all these concepts along with Clay Christensen's Jobs to be Done, and I said, I think we can apply these actually more strategically to be applicable to healthcare. Healthcare is very unique. It's a multi-sided market. There's lots of gives and takes, puts and takes. And so we designed something, me and 200 people, healthcare thinkers around the world, got together, used an innovation platform, and designed this concept called Model H. Now, we're going to give the link to Model H at the end of this, but it's a way that I use to evaluate every business model that I look at. Whether it's something that I want to build a product for, I have to look at that business model canvas to say, how does my product actually benefit that payer or that provider or that pharma or med tech company that I'm benefiting? Or we've acquired a lot of companies. We invest in a lot of companies here at Salesforce. Every time I look at one of those companies, I apply what they're doing to the business model canvas. And it's a great way to actually facilitate understanding of not only the value proposition that's serving a specific persona via a job to be done, but how well can that be commercialized? Because if you don't have margin, you can't do the mission of making a better healthcare future. So that's sort of my history. And it exactly was the right steps all the way. I didn't know what I was doing, but it turns out everything I did turned out pretty good. And it got me to where I am today. And so here I'm able to, from this vantage point at an amazing company called Salesforce, I get a healthcare and life sciences companies think about how they evolve their own business model using our technology. I get to help smaller technology companies come into the fold and be part of the Salesforce ecosystem to again echo and help those companies that we're serving. So pretty cool gig, pretty interesting journey, but that's my story, Mike. That's my story. Unbelievable. We may have to now do a part two, Kevin, because there's so much just in that to discuss. You know, I know you and I, we could spend an entire episode just on the Model H Canvas because it is powerful. And again, for our listening community, just simply scroll down to the episode notes. We're going to leave a link to be able to access Kevin's Canvas. It's powerful. Definitely worth a look. And Kevin, you're spot on. It is a very complex industry, multi-sided industry, one that's pretty unique in and of itself from any other vertical. So definitely take a look at that Model H Canvas link in the episode notes. So thank you for sharing that, Kevin, and get us in that current state with where you are at Salesforce. You've now been there for almost two and a half years. A lot, a lot has happened within Salesforce and your guys' dedication to the healthcare industry. It's amazing the leaps and bounds that you guys are accomplishing in helping move this healthcare industry forward. It's tough. You know, as well as I do, you've been in the industry a long time. It is tough to move the ball forward. There's a football term for you, Kevin, within the healthcare space, but you and the team (laughs) are doing a great, you're doing a great job within healthcare. So let's talk about that current state, what you guys are up to, where you're at now. And of course, we mentioned on the front end of the episode, getting out of the building, going and talking to customers. You recently had an incredible opportunity to publish some key findings that I think are going to be very important for our audience to hear about the Connected Health Consumer Report. We're going to dive in that in just a moment. But Kevin, give us a little bit of current state. Where are you and the team at, at Salesforce Health Alliance Sciences? What are you guys focusing on today? And like I said, we'll go future state as well. But what are you guys focusing on right now? What's keeping you up at night in a good, bad, or otherwise? What's going on in your camp today? So I'm proud of the fact that Salesforce, 23-year-old company, has been serving in the healthcare and life sciences space that entire time. And we literally have tens of thousands of customers that we're working with. 
And we also have an expectation that we're going to try to do something that matches to our values. Our values are trust, customer success, innovation, equality, and sustainability. I'm proud to work at this company because of those values. Now, equality and sustainability, this is the problem of the future. I want to talk a little bit about why we believe this, we know this, because the Connected Health Consumer Report actually showed us this. But at the end of it, I'm going to ask everybody, we don't have a lock on this. We haven't totally figured out how to make equity and health a reality. So I'm going to do what I did with Model H back 10, 15 years ago. And I'm going to ask you guys to help us out on this. But let's talk about the Connected Health Consumer Report. I was part of the exec staff at a company called Velocity and Salesforce purchased our company. So collectively, I've been at Salesforce about seven years, two and a half years directly in Salesforce and then the rest of the time at Velocity. And I'm just amazed at the vantage point that Salesforce has to look at and think about the problems of the business of health and how we can make them better. And the fact that we can actually do things for free to benefit the community like the Connected Health Consumer Report. I've never had access to those types of resources before. It's simply amazing. So what we found is that trust is the most meaningful thing, not engagement, right? Not price. Trust is the litmus test for satisfaction for healthcare consumers. And we know this because for several years, we have surveyed more than 12,000 healthcare consumers and life sciences consumers globally. So in the second edition of our report, we asked questions, you know, how do you interact with payers, providers, medical technology companies, Pharmacos? And we got information that were they willing to share it? Are they more inclined to use a service or not use a service to improve their health outcomes? And what we found is trust is the new litmus test for satisfaction. And we found 23% of consumers, only 23% of consumers, completely trust the health industry. Oh, not great, right? So this business we're in, Mike, 23% customer trust. All right. Now let's take another level. 48% of those same 12,000 that we surveyed feel that the healthcare industry prioritizes its own needs over that of its end consumers. It's a business. And the customers are telling us, you're prioritizing your business over my health. And now let's click in another layer. 71% of them said that what they really want is some help addressing themselves and their problems in a holistic way, social, economic, environmental factors. So they weren't saying the business of health is bad in and of itself. They were just saying, if you can help me address my holistic needs and treat me as a customer, and that customer focus includes my social determinants of health and socioeconomic environmental factors, I am more apt to actually trust that you are prioritizing me and my needs. And that should then, in turn, raise the trust across the board. That's what came out of this report. And that's why we're thinking, how do we, Salesforce, lead? with equality and sustainability to match what we're already doing in the business of health. Well, thanks for teeing that up. It's important, of course, again, for our listening community, just head on down to the episode notes. There will be a link to this incredibly important report. There's a lot of great content in there. So thanks for some of those high-level talking points on the report to kind of tee it up a bit. But let's go a few layers deeper. Kevin, what exactly did the Connected Health Consumer Report find? What were some of those key findings that is important for our community here? I would say, fundamentally, we all understand that health is going digital. Okay. Amazon sets the standard for, well, it sets the standard for what expectations are of customers. Ironically, it's now setting the standard for what healthcare expectations are as well. Heavy investments there from Amazon, great partner of ours. And people think of themselves as more than their claims. All right. So we know we're going digital. We have Amazon and retail experiences setting our expectations for everybody's experiences. My doctor doesn't get a pass anymore. And I am a whole person. 
not just the claims or that thing that you can get me to do so that you can get reimbursed for it. Let's dive into those. From a personalized digital experiences, Salesforce is in the business of digital engagement. So are many companies out there. And what we found is that customers appreciate and like digitization of these workflows. They want to be able to talk to a person only when they've satisfied through digital channels. But those that received more personalized resources and communications were more likely to trust healthcare companies. Okay, that's obvious. So why is it still so hard to do? Now, one may say that the incentives drive behaviors for healthcare companies. And if we're saying that fundamentally, if you improve digital experiences, your members, patients, customers, citizens are going to trust you more. Well, let's put some math to that. We found that nearly seven times more, seven times more, they were willing to actually engage and receive reminders for things like taking their medicines from their pharmaceutical companies when they trusted them. They were three and a half times more likely to receive personal health goals from their provider. So it's not just digitization like, hey, I've got a care plan for you. Hey, take your medicine. If you don't combine the personal digital with the trust, it's an empty dial tone at the end of the receiver. Their customers aren't going to do what you ask them to do, no matter how digital you get, if they don't have your trust. So you should be incented, healthcare companies, to get your trust level up first or simultaneously as you're digitizing. Really important to do both those things at once. So now we've got tailoring our communications. Obviously, COVID accelerated everything. You know, remote care, care from anywhere, it's here to stay. Some people actually treat that as a preference. I, for sure, would rather do things remotely and only go see my physician, who is a good friend of mine, only when I need to or when he and I are having a beer. But it's that expectation of a hybrid care experience that is now coming into healthcare. So it's not just about digitization. It's a realization of a new business model. If you think about my experiences way back when we built retail care clinics, those nurse practitioners, it was a low scale. It was a low scope, but a high scale type of concepts. They weren't doing brain surgery. They were doing Z-packs and runny noses and school physicals. But that ease of use with which I could get access to that care at scale and not have to wait in the doctor's room to get my annual physical or my son's annual physical was phenomenal. I loved it. And so that experience really developed the retailification of healthcare. Well, turn about 10 years later, and now the providers have a chance to actually disrupt those retail healthcare providers by embracing this care from anywhere, this hybrid model of connecting in the physical and in the digital realm. And people still want to go to their doctor. The doctor is still the number one person they trust. That's without a doubt. So ease will trump going to the doctor. But if you can make it easy to go to your doctor, you're going to go to your doctor before you're going to go to some retail clinic. That's proven in the study. And then the final piece, I think we always knew this, but maybe we haven't addressed it enough or spoke to it enough. And I know LaShonda Anderson-Williams, our EVP and head of healthcare and life sciences, speaks to this because it is her personal passion. Treating people holistically and understanding unconscious bias that gets baked into the processes and the technology that we actually provide is something we've got to overcome. There is a healthcare inequities were absolutely realized during COVID. And as a software company, I've had to check myself, am I building software that actually has unconscious bias in it? Am I building a software that can be used by able bodies and by people with disabilities? These are things that Salesforce in an amazing way, forces us to be introspective on what we do. And if we can push ourselves to think about our solutions and we can push our customers to think about their services in a more holistic way, the numbers are in. 84% of the patients that we surveyed or the people that we surveyed 
who completely trust providers think that they have a complete view of their health. 84%. Trust is synonymous with you understanding the whole version of me. And so if we can do three simple things, make trust a priority, make equity part of the motion, and be consistent in the way we digitize and automate our processes so that they are built on trust and equitable whole person care, you are gonna see the level of trust rise. That's what the math tells us, that's what the research tells us. And so that's kind of the drum that we're beating and we hold ourselves accountable, Mike, as much as we're holding our customers accountable to that as well. It's an incredibly powerful, this report. Again, head into the episode notes, click on through to gain access to it. This is recently published within Salesforce, the Connected Health Consumer Report, incredible findings. You know, I mentioned, you know, to, to sum it up there again, you mentioned one, deliver personalized digital experiences, two, tailor communications across channels, and three, treat the patient as a whole person. And it sounds like to me, Kevin, these are exactly. some of those tenants. These are some of those pillars that are driving you and the Salesforce team forward to continue to move our industry forward, right? And so with that, let's then talk about a little future state. Those are the findings that bubbled up within the report. And these are some of the things where we need to be going and we need to continue to focus on. Let's take the crystal ball off the shelf for a moment. Uh, Kevin, you're in that watchtower looking over the industry. You get to be in those rooms of the people making the big decisions exactly. to move the industry forward. Yep. What are you seeing on the macro that we as a community rallied around this podcast need to be mindful of over the next two to three, three to five years? And then, of course, where is Salesforce heading with that as well? You know, as well as I do, a lot has changed since the pandemic and things are only going to continue to accelerate in regards to that change. Where do you see things going again on the macro for all of us to contemplate? And then, of course, where is Salesforce within that? So health is a business. We've established that. And it should be a business like any business. It should be a business run on trust. And there is a way to develop trust with your patients, your members, your constituents. So the future is one that is simply better equipped to build and sustain trust with all the participants in this multi-sided industry. Now, I love the expression, skating to where the puck's going to go. God bless you, Wayne Gretzky. Here at Salesforce, we actually think of ourselves, well, not only as the Wayne Gretzky of software companies, but as the skates that Wayne is wearing. And we're not only skating to where the puck's going to go, we're going to nudge it. We're going to push it with our skate to get it to where we want to go. So we believe the future is a more connected one. And so we don't think about building solutions for payers or for providers or for med tech or for pharmacos alone. You know, we're not here to build the next version of the point solution. We're here to actually create a glide path or a friction-free environment where a payer and a provider and a life sciences company are all working in unison so that a person knows their benefits, can utilize those benefits to their maximum degree, is rewarded for taking care of their health. Doesn't mean necessarily being healthy, but it does mean being aware of and codifying those issues that you have and then connecting into those device makers and those drug makers to help with life-saving therapies faster. This seems like a realistic point of view from where we sit. Serving all of these customers at scale, I think that there is a frictionless platform of the future that pulls all of these entities together. And I wanna nudge the puck, if you will, with the Salesforce skates to make sure we get there. Now, those skates also have a mind towards equity and sustainability. We're forever changed. We can't look at things the way we did before, we now realize that we can and should do better. And so we're going to really try to improve everything we do from that equity and equality standpoint. 
and the sustainability standpoint as well. And we're going to hopefully educate some folks along the way. I'm curious to see how all this plays out, including the metaverse. This is some stuff that we're thinking of, Mike, but that's going to be a future topic because we're still noodling on exactly how all that's going to wind up working out. But there is some stuff on the horizon. So ultimately, if we can help paint a vision for a future of health, where health is still a business, but it's a better business run on trust, and we can focus on making our customers customers, the center of the universe, I think we've succeeded in what we're trying to do. Kevin, I think you might have just signed up for a third episode because I can't tell you how excited I am. I can't tell you how excited I am about the metaverse and what it means for health, health equity, access across the globe. It's a fascinating subject that, you know, at at the end of every year, you know, that uh, week between Christmas and New Year's, I always take that as kind of my nerd out session week because, as you know, everything's winding down. And this past year, it was the metaverse. So, Again, you may have just signed up for the third episode. I don't know if that's uh, if we're going to prove that or not, but it's going to be a fun one. It's a phenomenal topic. I'm glad to hear you guys are thinking about that as well. So, you know, that's an exciting future, a connected one. As you mentioned, we talked about at the front end of the podcast, this is a multi-sided industry, very complex, a lot of stakeholders in place, but we need to be able to connect it all to have that seamless experience. So thank you for being dedicated to that. And I know Salesforce is leading the charge there, but of course, Kevin, let's flip the script on you. And how can our community be helping you? What's that one problem, need, or question that you and the Salesforce team have that we can be helping you with? Well, Salesforce believes in equality for all. And so these thoughts, these ideas, these things that we've done, we make them publicly available. We'll provide some links not only to the Connected Health Consumer Report, but to some of the concepts around jobs to be done. So how to design software with jobs to be done. All of my software developers had to take these courses and cultural bias and making sure that you understand it. I want all software builders, whether they're our partners or our competitors, we need to level up together collectively. So I'm asking everybody, go to the links below for the trailheads, learn about jobs to be done for designers, learn about unconscious bias. There is a great link we're going to put in for the Model H canvas. This is now actually being taught in some universities. I just got called from University of Mexico that focuses on health and they're translating to Spanish. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But I guess my call to action, my call to action for everybody is help us, Salesforce, think about how best to apply some framework to make it easier for all healthcare entities, payers, providers, medtech, pharmacos, public sector health, retail health, all of them to think about applying equality and equity into the work they're doing in the healthcare market. I believe there is a software package out there somewhere that's yet to be made that we can create that's going to help all of us steer the ship more quickly and in the better direction and with the results that we're looking for with equality for all. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And again, we're going to leave all of those links in the episode notes, including the report. But of course, we'll also leave some links on how to get a hold of you directly, Kevin. Where are those oh, contact points online? Yeah, yeah what Absolutely. are the social media handles, websites, or otherwise? I'm not the world's biggest Twitter user. I do it on occasion. As you can tell by this, Mike, it's tough for me to get something done in 140 characters. I'm fairly long-winded, I think. My wife tells me. So I LinkedIn Just create is a thread. Just create a thread on Twitter. You know, just have like six posts and what? Well, Slack me, I guess. That's one way to get me. But all joking aside, I much prefer LinkedIn. It gives me context of who I'm working with. It allows me to pull people into ideas and topics. I think it's a great forum for that. So we'll post the Twitter. We'll post the LinkedIn. And of course, anybody that wants to contact me can ping me at Salesforce as well. I'm just grateful to be on this and have a chance to represent a phenomenal company who's trying to do 
great work in this market that we both serve. Well, we have some incredible people rally around this podcast, some of our most passionate and fervent industry leaders tuning in on the weekly. So I'm sure you will be getting hit up by several of them. They're incredible community members. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, for our community, you can always head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. There will be a post for Kevin's episode with all of those contact points online. And you can leave any feedback, questions, comments, or otherwise for Kevin and the team, again, over at passionatepioneers.com. Well, Kevin, like I said, I think we're up to three total episodes with you now. Like, you know, we have a few out there that uh, we'll sprinkle along the way in the future. But for now, we'll start winding it down for episode one with you. Oh, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for doing that. Like just a voice in the wilderness, man. You are a lamp on the hill and it's getting brighter and it's getting higher. And I really appreciate a chance to do this. Long time listener, first time speaker, I guess, interviewee on this one. So I'm glad to come back and do more of these. And thanks for continuing to do it, Mike. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We're going to wind it down with a fill in the blank and we're going to get you out of here so you can go back and cause all that good trouble with the Salesforce team. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? Well, there is work to be done to realize a better connected business of health. Nailed it. Brought it all together on the back end. That is awesome. (laughs) Kevin, thank you so much. Big fan of yours. Big fan of the Salesforce team and all of the wonderful work you're helping lead to move our industry forward in the right direction because you are spot on. It is going to take all of us to realize a better future for health and equity across the globe. So again, Kevin, thank you for taking a pit stop here today on our podcast. Great to spend some time with you. Thanks again, my friend. Cheers, buddy. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.